welcome back to nope not even gonna tell y'all where you're listening but i will say i'm your host michelle and i'm maddie and i will tell you you're listening to unsolved south it's a rule that you have to tell them Mm-mm, don't tell them it's in the rule book no it uh-huh. is if you google it it's there because y'all got jokes but that's all right <laughs> all right so i hope everybody had a great week maddie had a good week I did. We got a lot done today. We got, or this week, um, we started packing for the hospital. Um, of course, started with a snack bag. Yeah, you got to start with it's, the snack. It's the most important bag. Um, we haven't packed any of the rest of the bags, just the snack bag. Uh, but yeah, they try to starve you at the hospital, and I'm not having that. Honestly, you don't really need no clothes or nothing, if you're being honest. You went to the hospital in clothes. You ain't walking in naked. Here's the thing. I am, I did buy a laboring gown, but for a reason. I'm plus size. And those gowns that they give you, they show your whole butt. What you doing in them? Wandering? I have to pee a lot in the hospital. They put (laughs) the the IV in you. And like literally I was up every 10 minutes peeing. I know. I don't like that. Uh-uh. I, when I got my epidural and they put the catheter in, it was like the best ever because one, I ain't never felt no pain like that. That was amazing. That was like legit. The best part was the, the epidural. epidural. And then two, I didn't have to get up and pee every five minutes. It just did its own thing. Mm-hmm. It did its own thing. It was amazing. That doctor asked me, uh, like way before I was delivering what what kind of labor I was thinking was I thinking I was gonna do drugs. I'm like, yeah, you can go ahead and give me an epidural right now. <laughs> yeah, get it ready. Yeah, I'm a hundred I am not playing that. I messed up and had a ten pound baby oh, with no. no drugs. Oh no. I was on accident. That's based on Good how they starve you. You can do that, but I, me? I did not choose it. I'll tell y'all that story one day, but uh, that's a whole tale in Mm-mm. itself. But it all comes back to how they starve you at the hospital. Yeah. And I was eating crab legs and I didn't want to leave. And that's how come I ain't getting no drugs. So You made that sound like they that. gave you crab legs at the hospital and that is No, not the case. I was eating crab legs at a restaurant <laughs> and I did not want to leave and so it took too long and then I didn't get no drugs. And so I was like, I ain't doing that mess again. Anyhow, I'll tell y'all that whole story one day. But today ain't the day. Because we have an odd and tragic story for y'all. All right. Is an odd one. And uh, we going to go to Texas. And I know, I'm from Texas. Yeah, I know we had just talked about Texas at some point. <laughs> I assume in the one that's going to drop tomorrow. Because we're trying to record ahead of time. Because I ain't had nobody from Texas yell about it. So, um, but I love Texas. I think it's nice. It's pretty. It's a nice state. I've only been once and it was at Galveston. So at the edge where you get on the cruise ships. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that really counts. I've never taken a cruise out of Texas. But it was nice. I it went um, one process. time for a training and it was, I went to Houston and some of the other towns. It was really nice. I thought it was great. Terrific food though. Yeah. Now I'm going uh, insult people from Louisiana because I always <laughs> heard about the food in Louisiana being delicious. And I was not impressed. I'm not and then, impressed that much either. Like, I like the gumbo and stuff, but um, some of it, not all of it either. Yeah. Beignets ain't nothing, but my grandma used to fry donuts. 
Yeah. And that is exactly what they tasted like. And I stood in line for like an hour and a half for this mess. Jesus. And I was like, are you for real? This is what you handed me was a damn fried donut? Anyway. Sorry, people from Louisiana. But I guess <laughs> I'll hear from y'all next. <laughs> You're just hating on all the states. I'm not. The food in Texas is delicious. They have really good food. And I don't even like Mexican food, but we ate Mexican there, mm. and it was legit good food. So I'm I'm all about the food in Texas. Louisiana, I'm iffy, but the food in Texas. Louisiana is a beautiful state, though. I love a swamp. Louisiana is like flat and boring. Oh no, it is swampy. Man, I made it a point to go out through the uh, swampy areas and all marshy parts. Oh, no, I, guess I, I love just the don't swamp. Travel through a good part of Louisiana. You probably go to the uh, cities, and I don't really love mm -hmm. to travel through the cities. No, no, his family's from Louisiana, and they live in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. We went to uh, New Orleans. I took a cruise out of New Orleans, and I had always wanted to go. So we went in time to like sightsee and mm -hmm. stuff. And I made a point when we were going back and forth to make sure I drove through like the swampy areas because, man. I would love to have like a shack over the water in the swamp. I know the mosquitoes eat you up because I'm from Georgia, so I know about <laughs> mosquitoes. Yeah. But uh, still, I'm, I'd love it. I love a swamp. Anyhow, I thought Louisiana was beautiful. Okay, so back to our story. At the time of my research, there were 2,490 people missing in the state of God Texas. Lee. But Texas is huge. It is huge. One of these people is Kelly Day Wilson. They spell Day, D-A-E. I love that. You don't love it? I mean, it's it's fine. I love it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she's a 17-year-old white female, 5'7", 120 pounds, blue eyes. She has naturally brown hair, but then she got it dyed, but then it was growing out, so her roots were brown, but the bottom was blondish. Mm -hmm. And it was blonde, blonde. Balayage before balayage was blonde. Right, right. <laughs> that was back when it wasn't that popular. But um, at the time of her disappearance, which was on January 5th, 1992, mm -hmm. she was a popular high school senior, cheerleader, pretty, I mean, all of this. I'm saying if you're a popular high school senior, you might want to watch your back because it's the second story in a row. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just got to throw it out there. Now, she's from Gilmer, Texas, and that's a town of about 5,000 people at this time. And it is about 75 miles from Louisiana. So, right on the border. Yeah, it's close to the border. It's a small town. Um, you know, she's a high school senior, so sure she's enjoying that life. And this is where we are. This is our background, right? Mm hmm. Okay, so Kelly was last seen when she left her job at Northeast Texas Video. This back when video stores was a thing. The following morning, her mom calls Kelly's boss, and his name is Joe David Henry. And she says, have you seen her? Did she get out okay? Did she mention going anywhere? Have any plans that she told you about or yeah, anything? What you looking at? Suspicious. No. I was just distracted by your pants. I'm sorry. Because your son pulled my letters off. <laughs> but anyway, that was my bad. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. 
Listen, y'all, we just recorded almost this entire episode. This is take two. And Maddie had hit mute on the microphone. I did not even bring the, I did bring the microphone in. Zane hit mute. And then I'm you, you messed with it when you moved it from that spot because you said, I you turned up, up the gain so it can uh-huh. hear us better. Whatever. In any case, we recorded the entire episode almost. We recorded 30 or 45 minutes of it and on was- mute. <laughs> so we're on take two. Luckily, we got real long-winded in the beginning, the first time. So um, we didn't get too far into the story. <laughs> Anyhow, so now she's looking suspicious towards the microphone, and I don't like it. Just watching to make sure it don't do nothing. Okay, I'm sure it muted itself. In any case, so um. He says, no, I don't know nothing. She ain't mentioned no plans or nothing. All I saw was she walked out about 8.30. She went around the corner to go to the bank to do the the bank drop for the store like she did every night when she closed. Now, I saw two different stories about whether she walked around the corner to the bank or whether she drove. Yeah. And um, so I'm not sure which it was, but we'll come back to that in a sec. Now, the bank has absolutely terrible surveillance. And, of course. Like, I mean, terrible. Because they said, although they could see that somebody did make the deposit, they don't know who. Maybe her, maybe not her. I don't know. Could they tell if it's male or female? So, my guess, and this is just my uh, detective reasoning here. If they could tell it was a female and they knew that she had gone to make the deposit and the deposit got made, I think they would just assume that it it was was her her. yeah and the fact that they didn't say we assume it was her that they were very specific in saying we could not tell if it was her or not makes me believe that they legit couldn't tell white black tall short skinny fat male female whatever they didn't know they just like i don't know there's a blob they putting Mm -hmm. something in there i mean that's what it seemed like now Kelly had a gold Dodge Charger. Gotcha. And her stepfather, when he retraced the route she should have took home, found it in the parking lot of her job. It had everything that belonged to her, her purse, her money, all her personal items in the car. The only thing that was missing is the car keys. Now, this, in my opinion bolsters the story that she walked to the bank because it was right around the corner. She probably come out, put all her stuff in the car, walk to the bank and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, or planning to come back. That is just my assumption because she wouldn't have wanted to carry everything. She would have kept her keys in her pocket. So, um, When he gets to the car, one of the tires is slashed. It's Ooh. not flat. It is slashed. It mm. is cut. The other three tires are intact, though. So. Well, it takes a lot of force and pressure to slash a tire, so one one should do you. Yeah. Well, you know, they say you're supposed to do three because the insurance will pay if you do four. <laughs> if you ever yeah. go, uh, I don't know if that's true. But I feel like if I call my insurance and say my tire got slashed, they're just going to pay for it. But I don't know. Maybe if you got janky insurance or I don't know. Yeah. I could be a wrong. myth. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I heard some dumb girl saying I'm Judge Judy the other day. I do love Judge Judy. 
<laughs> okay, so um, at this point, this is where we kind of run into that thing that we've been running into a lot where somebody goes missing or something happens and you start to look at the people around them and you're like, man, all of these people are suspicious as hell. And so this is kind of what we're running into here. So we just going to go through our list randomly and um, we're going to start with the owner of the video store. I mean, but also think about the people that are around in your life. And you know some sketchy people. I don't know if my people are that sketchy. I don't know. I mean, I know some people that are characters. But I don't know if I know. Like, I know people of all. Like, if you've got, like, a character type in your mind, I do probably know somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do. I mean, I, yeah. that that's true. But I don't know if they're suspicious. Like, if something happened, I'd be like, oh, it's probably them because they're suspicious as hell. I don't think that's how I would go, though. Not with anybody. But if if you're if somebody goes missing and you're looking at those people to find if they're suspicious, see, I don't think anybody in my life is like that. And we gonna go over the level of suspicious of these people. So we gonna start with the video store owner. Now he was brought up on child pornography charges in two thousand four. Suspicious. So, the police say that he was never really a suspect in Kelly's disappearance, though. Now, my thing is, they did work at the video store. Yeah. And back then, I'm sure the child pornography would have probably been on video, right? So, my guess is that, what I mean, not a guess, because they said she he's not a suspect. But I'm just saying, she could have been up there, be kind, rewinding the videos. And run across some child pornography and was like, oh, no, sir, we're going to turn this in. And the guy's like, no, you ain't. I mean, it's yeah. a possibility. Very possible. Allegedly. Okay, so um, the other one we've got is the boy that slashed her tires. He went to high school with her. So they did so they find knew him. who it was. Yeah, they found him. His name was Michael Bibby. And he was convicted of misdemeanor vandalism. Um, he says he did not know nothing about Kelly's disappearance. He was not involved. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Doing the wrong thing. Apparently. So, just coincidentally, he's like, oh, that's a head first car. Let me cut her tire. And just out of, I mean, sheer coincidence of all the things could be going she, on. She goes missing that she's night. She's missing that night. Yeah, likely story. So, I mean, I'm like, I do sounds legit. But, I mean, the cops were like, yeah, that's legit. Cause and that is mind-boggling to me. Like, they didn't question him good enough. I feel like. Well, they said he wasn't a real suspect. But, I mean, they did do an investigation because they did find him and they did uh, convict him with the misdemeanor. So, I mean, they did investigate, but they, this dude, like, has to have the worst luck in the world then, if that is, was a coincidence, like, I hope he never slashed another turn. He probably became a preacher. He's like, (laughs) that has shown me I will not (laughs) do any sketchy things again. Now, Kelly also was dating this guy named Chris Denton. Denton. It sounded <laughs> funny when I said it. And so yeah, it was. To, I would say it Denton, but I'm trying to make sure y'all know the name. 
Okay. Anyway, he had a reputation for having a quick temper and being violent. He actually had been convicted in the past of an assault with a knife. Nice. Yeah. And so this is the dude she's dating. Now, he was an actual suspect for a while. And so when they went in front of the grand jury, his cousin Brent gave him an alibi. And um, Brent was like, oh, we were in this car and we were doing this with this girl, right? Well, this girl pops up and she's like, oh, no, we were not. <laughs> Brent said <laughs> he wanted me to lie to the police and say I was with them and I was not. And that they were in this car and they was not. So he lied about the car and the girl. I don't know why you would lie about what car you were in. That sounds suspicious. Yeah, so did they ever look into that car? Well, I'm sure they did, and Brent was convicted of perjury. But, as far as I could see, Chris was never brought up on charges. Now, Chris died of cancer in 2004, which coincidentally, because we like those, was the same year old Perv got arrested for the kitty porn, right? Hmm. So... Just, I mean, things happening in that year. He maintained his innocence till the very end. Now, there were rumors that he made a deathbed confession, but I looked it up and people that were actually on there when he died yeah. said that is absolutely not true. He did not at the very end. He was saying, I did not have anything to do with Kelly's disappearance. So, that's that. He brought it up at the end? Yeah, because I'm sure if somebody was like, if, I mean, if you suspected it was him, you'd be like, hey, you know, like, I don't know, like, oh, my grandfather's the only one I think of that I was there, like, on his deathbed. Yeah. If I thought he had done something, you know, I might be like, you want to clear your conscience on anything? And he'd Got be like, listen, I ain't, uh, I ain't do, I ain't do it. I would not have asked my grandfather because, Lord, ain't no telling what that man would have said. <laughs> I do not want to know. So, anyway. um, During all of this, all these uh, suspicious people, the police officer that was in charge of the investigation, his name's Sergeant James York Brown. And he ran down every lead. The family thought he was, you know, really paying attention to what he was doing. He, anytime a tip came in, he ran it down. 14-year vet to the force. He had a terrific reputation. Everybody, most people loved him. I mean, there was even a story about somebody stole like a $100 brisket. Jeez! I know, that's expensive. <laughs> it must have been huge, like half a cow. <laughs> Anyhow, he had tracked it down by the end of the afternoon and the person that stole it. It's a story people love to tell about. <laughs> he barbecued it, brought it to their house, brought the paper plates and silverware. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so people really like him. He's a good cop. And so everybody was surprised when he got indicted for her kidnapping and murder. What? In, two th in 1994. What? Yeah. So, um, just, he's the head cop in charge and he gets indicted for the murder. So we're going to circle back to that. What do you mean we're going to circle back? We're going to circle back because I got more stuff. You can't just drop a bombshell like that and just expect us to wait. Well, you got to because there's more. Okay. Okay. So, 
he was not indicted alone. He was indicted with seven other people, and most of them seven, seven, and most of them were in or connected to a single family, and that was the Kerr family. Okay, geez, they don't arrest the whole family. <laughs> so, listen, I'm gonna lay down some warnings here. Um, we're about to talk about some abuse, and it gets a little crazy. And um, I'm not going to go into too many like graphic details, but you may want to earmuff the kids. And also, this whole story is about to take a turn you do not expect. And it's going to get wild. It's going to get confusing. And there's a lot of names and a lot of connections that mm. are going to get thrown around. They are absolutely necessary to the story. And I'll walk you through and we'll make sure you understand everything. But I'm just throwing those warnings out. So I, hold on to your hats, people. Yes, and pay attention. This is not the one to be drifting in and out while you're paying attention to other stuff. you got to listen to what I'm saying because you're going to get lost in a minute and be like, wait, what? Hold up, what happened? <laughs> Sometimes I've done that in a podcast. That yes. a you're like, wait, what? Back like, it up wait. and then you miss it again and you're like, hold up, wait. Where are we? Yeah, you're like, oh, who is Johnny? <laughs> I don't. I didn't even know. I thought we were talking about women here. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> then you got to go back and re-listen. All right, so pay attention, people. All right, so pay attention. Here goes. We can go back. In 1990, there's a defects worker. She is handed this case with these four kids. They have been removed from their parents' home. So she's got these four kids. Their parents are Loretta and Wendell Kerr. Wendell had been accused of sexually assaulting his kids. Now, Wendell and Loretta during this time get a divorce. And then Wendell starts dating a woman named Wanda Gear Hicks. She also was recently divorced. So, I don't know. They may have been hooking up on the download. I don't know. Anyway, they both was recently divorced. They start hooking up, right? Mm -hmm. Wanda has five kids of her own. So, Man. we got nine kids. Yeah. All right. At some point, the caseworker comes about a visit for the Kerr kids, right? And she's talking to them. And she is shown a letter that had been given to Wendell from Wanda's brother, Lucas. Yeah, and Wanda is the... Wendell's new girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, so she's the mother of the five kids. Mm -hmm. Wendell's got the four. Caseworker comes to talk about the four. And Wendell gives her this letter that Lucas, Wanda's brother, wrote. To and, him. And Wendell is living at that house at the time. No, I do Wanda. not believe he is living with Wanda okay. at this time. Gotcha. Okay? So, in this letter, Lucas apologizes for sexually abusing one of Wanda's sons. Wait, what? So, they're getting abused from all angles here. Well, this is a different set of kids. Right. So, so new... Okay, maybe. so the first four are getting abused by their dad. And then the five are getting abused by the uncle. And right. maybe, possibly, the new stepdaddy. The boyfriend at this point. Yeah, but okay. we don't call him new stepdaddy. My question was, why did Lucas apologize to Wendell about molesting Wanda's kid? That 
was weird to me. Well, that was a maybe, weird. Maybe he got like a god complex or something and Which caught one? him. So, Wendell. So you think Wendell may be molesting his own kids, but he catches Lucas yes. doing it, and then he gets mad. And I then he gets it. mad, gets a god complex, like how dare you molest these kids? And then he, uh, then the other guy writes him a letter and apologizes and stuff. That's that's just a thought that come in my head. Okay, so at this point, now the caseworker has been made aware of abuse on the Hicks kids. Right. So now this is also the caseworker for the Hicks kids, but they have not been removed from the home because their abuser is not in the home. But there is an abuser in the home. Well, I don't think they were living together, or if they were, the caseworker did not know it. Okay? So, in 1991, Wendell is convicted of the sexual abuse against one of his daughters. He serves his time, goes to jail, whatever. He gets out. He marries Wanda. Immediately, of course. And how long did he serve? That I don't know because, um, listen, this story took some turns that I was like, I'm not getting sidetracked. We got enough going on. We don't need no more. I'm sure it was like barely anything. Well, the truth is it wasn't long enough because he got out and he married Wanda. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, he didn't get enough time regardless. Mm So. He marries Wanda. He moves in with her and her five kids, right? Yeah. So, I think he must have got back his own also. I don't know what happened to Loretta. But, this caseworker finds out that he's in the home with these kids. And she comes and takes them all. She takes all nine. Good. Alright. So, these kids, we got the four her kids and the five Hicks kids and they are spread out across three foster homes. Oh man, they separated them? Yeah, there's no way they was finding a place for nine kids. Um, Some of these kids had severe issues and they had to have um, treatment as far as mental health and I think some of them had some physical issues Mm -hmm. and um so they had to be placed in this particular type of children's home where they could get some actual help and that home had a caseworker that was in charge of that home so we've got two caseworkers right Okay. okay so you're good on that yes okay so once these kids are removed from the home and they're placed in these three foster homes They start talking, and they have a story to tell. They say that their parents, Wendell and Wanda, and I did not see Loretta named. Again, I do not know what happened to her. If she knowingly left her kids in this situation, though, she's She's just just as guilty. guilty. But um, she wasn't that I saw named she could have been. I don't know where Loretta went. I mean, she may be missing too. I don't know. Anyway, they said Wanda and Wendell, their grandparents, Eugene and Geneva Kerr, their uncle, Danny Kerr, and his wife, Connie Martin Kerr, and some strangers were all molesting them. 
Jesus, molesting them? Yes. And I abusing. thought you were going to say abusing, but like, but, they're having like a, a sex ring for with these kids. Right, but it gets worse. How they it get say, worse? These kids say that they are taken to the spot in the woods where there is a circle and this is where this these assaults would take place sometimes they would be forced to have relations with each other while everybody else watched and then sometimes there were these rituals performed involving knives blood devil masks and they also said that there were some babies that were murdered and dismembered oh my goodness so in these rituals now some of you older people might remember the satanic panic <laughs> and i don't know if younger folks know what that is but back in the day legit any bad crime was blamed on devil worshipers if your cat went missing the devil worshipers took it i mean everything and this was worldwide this was not just in the u.s mm -hmm. i think it may have started here but this was worldwide. It was um, kind of like a modern day witch hunt. Everything that happened was placed, was blamed on devil worshippers. Well, this seems pretty devil worshipping. And, and it may be. I just think that it's important to point out that this was right in the middle of the satanic panic mm -hmm. when this was all going on. Now, the statements that these kids made were across all three foster homes. So this was not just one kid popped up with this story. This was all of these kids started telling different versions of this story. Yeah. And, um, and they were telling them to numerous people. They were telling them in all the foster homes. Sometimes these stories came out completely unsolicited. Kids do that sometimes. They just bust out with information. You're like, why are you even saying that? You got no business with that information, much less just telling people. Because kids do that. You don't know yet because yours don't talk. But when he does, he'd go to school. He'd be like, my mama said you got buck teeth. And and then you're like, that is not what I said. <laughs> it's not what I said. But they don't believe you. But anyway, that's how <laughs> kids do. And um, sometimes, though, the adults or the caseworkers would question the kids to try to get information. Mm -hmm. And this is where an issue popped up. The lawyer for these alleged pervs said that the two caseworkers had mishandled the questioning of these kids. And so that led to statements that led to the kids making statements that were untrustworthy. Now, there is a, a way that it's supposed to be handled. Um, generally, even an investigator doesn't talk to the kids. They are sent to a forensic investigator who is their whole job is interviewing kids yeah and they do it in such a way like in a like a room where it looks like a library or whatever yeah. someplace where they can be comfortable and they just have a little chit chat and the kid isn't being grilled and it kind of comes out on its own that's not what was happening in this case but i don't think that was the way things were done back in the day so um this led to the charges against um, all of them being dropped. 
What? Now, FYI, a medical exam was done of the kids. Uh-huh. And it did reveal genital and anal scarring consistent with sexual assaults. Man. Okay. So I'm just throwing it out there. Now, after the charges got dismissed, the boss of these two caseworkers, he believes his staff. He doesn't think they did anything wrong. He doesn't think they led these kids. He thinks these kids are telling the truth. He calls in an investigator who is Investigator Bags from the Criminal Enforcement Division of the Texas Police. And Inspector Bags was an expert in ritualistic crimes and occult practices. Remember the whole satanic panic yeah. thing? So he's an expert on this. Now, Investigator Bags calls in a Louisiana peace officer named Fleggs. And he is also an expert in occult-based crimes. So they come in and they hear these stories. They think the kids very well could be telling the truth. They work together. They interview witnesses. They build a case, right? Mm -hmm. They go to visit Lucas Gear, And that's Wanda's brother, the one that wrote the letter. He's back in jail on a parole violation. They go to the jail. They're like, you know, hey, some stories are getting told. What do you got to say about it? Lucas busts out and confesses. He's like, yeah, I, I committed some of these sexual assaults. And um, I did take place in a ritualistic murder of a baby. Um, His story that he starts telling very much lines up. With the stories the kids are telling. Yeah. Um, they ask him to take a lie detector test, and he passes. Because there ain't nothing to lie about this point. Now, later, they'll say that all of these interviews were, all these confessions were coerced. And um, that they were forced to make these confessions, and they ain't really mean it. But he did take a lie detector, and he passed it. Now, that information, just FYI, all the following information about the interviews and all comes directly out of court documents from where some of the um, the family, the Kerr family, tried to sue the prosecutors and everything for bringing them up on charges. And in that, the prosecutor had to list why the charges were brought up. All of this information came directly from those court documents. Mm -hmm. So, um, just throwing it out there because I know there's a lot when stuff like this gets to go when there's a lot of rumors and stuff. Yeah. If I tell you a rumor, I'm going to tell you it was a rumor. So, just letting that out there. Now, they go and they interview the kids and they're trying to get details about what happened. When they're interviewing one of the kids, he starts talking about, they start talking about how they had witnessed the kidnapping of a teenage girl. What? He says, this child says, I don't know if it's a he or a she, they just use initials to protect the baby. And yeah. um, I, I just, I don't know why I keep saying he, but I do not know if it was a he or a she. Gotcha. So if I say he, I'm just, it, it don't mean nothing. This child says that Uncle Danny and a man in a blue uniform grabbed her and put her in the van. 
And this child says that they held her in a shed, that she was raped, tortured, and then that they had stabbed her to death in one of these rituals. Oh, goodness. And this child witnessed this. The investigators then decided that, you know, this kid seems legit. Yeah. And and now they think, well, now that's got to be Kelly Wilson because nobody else has disappeared. Right. So they get a plane with an infrared scanner and that will show any heat spots where a body might be decomposing. And there are two spots that are real good possibilities for this. So they get a search warrant. They come in. They bring cadaver dogs. The cadaver dogs hit on three locations. A toolbox with a blue bag in it. A shed that looked a lot like it had been thoroughly cleaned recently. Mm. And it had recently been repainted. And three shallow indentions in the ground that were the size of graves. Hmm. Now, did they find the clearing? They also found the circular clearing on the property that was very much like the ones described by the witnesses. They found devil masks. They found a bloody mattress cover. And um, what was initially identified as bone fragments. What, What does that mean? We'll come back to that. Okay. In the field, they said these look like bone fragments. Okay. Okay, so testing was not apparently done. During all of this time, Sergeant Brown is out here doing his own investigation because these are the occult investigators and he's just regular cop doing his own investigation, right? I don't know if he knew anybody else was investigating and I don't, I mean, if he did, was he like sharing evidence with them or like, oh, this is what I found. And they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they're watching him. Well, during his investigation, he is button heads with the prosecutor on the case because the prosecutor wants him to do it a certain way. And he's like, this is not correct. And was it correct? That I don't know because I don't know exactly what either one of them wanted to do. Just that they had several very public fights regarding Kelly Wilson's case. And there were witnesses that allegedly heard the prosecutor say that if Brown didn't start going along with the way he wanted it done, that he would make sure he was sorry. Hmm. So... That's what allegedly got said. I ain't hear it, but it allegedly got said because some witnesses had heard it. Now, the kid had said there was a man in a blue uniform that was involved. Yeah. So they run up and show him a picture of Officer Brown. And he says, yeah, that was him. Here's the thing. Um, and that is how Brown got mixed up as a suspect. Because so, this kid says a man in a blue uniform. Did they show him a bunch of men in blue uniforms? They may have, but the way I understood it from what I looked into, and I could be wrong, but the way I understood it was they showed him a picture of Officer Brown. Mm -hmm. And was like, is this the guy? And he's like, uh, yeah. Okay. And, and that was that. Okay? So... 
the other investigators go and they interview this is the occult investigators they interview wanda and connie remember connie is danny's yeah. the one that the kid said kidnapped kelly wilson mm-hmm. that's his wife yes wanda is wendell's wife both of them are like listen i just married into this mess and now that the shit has hit the fan i'm gonna out so i'm ready yeah, of course i'm ready to tell what you need me to tell and you can lock all of them up because i'm not really a cur i'm just married in so they're like listen I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what had happened they both tell their stories including what they know about kelly wilson's kidnapping both of them do back up the story that danny had um taken her Wanda says that Danny had taken Kelly as a birthday gift to his mama, Geneva. What? That's what Wanda says. Oh, man. What kind of birthday gift is that? I don't know, but my birthday's coming up, and I'd really, y'all can clean my house or something. Don't give me no gift certificates, because I hate it. But, uh, I mean, y'all can do something. Y'all can just say happy birthday. A card. Don't be kidnapping nobody. I'm not about it. Jeez, now I gotta return what I I know, so just let them go. (laughs) You don't want a gift certificate for one free kidnapping? No, I'm good. I'm good. I definitely never want a gift certificate. But, uh, I'd rather, if he's gonna give me a gift certificate, just give me cash. I mean, I'd rather you just... I mean, I ain't even needing nothing, but I'm just saying, I hate gift certificates. I don't like it. And there's no point. You could put me $50 in an envelope, and I mean, yeah. I'll do what needs done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, they asked Wanda and Connie to take lie detector tests, which they do, and they both pass. All right, so we're back to this. Mm-hmm. Again, Later, they were like, oh, well, we didn't mean to say all that. <laughs> but that's how it went. Anyway, during the discussions about what kind of deal she could make to save herself, Connie says, well, I'm willing to testify against Sergeant Brown. I believe it is important to note that according to the New York Times, which is the only place I could find information on it, at no point did anyone else involved say sergeant brown was involved in this Hmm. at no point not wanda not any of the curs no one else ever said yeah sergeant brown was involved in this the kid said a man in a blue uniform and then was given a picture and he said oh yeah that's him And then Connie, when she was discussing her deal, says, yeah, I'll testify against him. Hmm. Other than that, nobody else ever said he was involved. And there was never any evidence to connect him to the case. But he was the original investigator. So if there was evidence, a case could be made that he was able to dispose of it. So I'll throw that out there. Be right down the center with it. But I do think it's important to say he was placed on leave and they actually considered it sick time for some reason i guess so he could get paid yeah i don't know um but his boss believed him and he said listen i want him back on the force i do not believe he's involved uh 
I absolutely have known him forever. I do not believe he would be a part of this. I think he's being set up. He wants him back on the job, but it's a small town and people are real polarized on whether he's guilty or not. And I didn't see anybody that had a, a middle of the line opinion. Maybe they just didn't feel like it was worth giving. But people are like, he is guilty of sin. Or people were like, he is absolutely the best man I've ever known. There is no way. And, and they are very, even to this day, they're very much passionate about this. And um, there were even, there were several Facebook pages that in my, um, in my research, sometimes I'll join these Facebook pages and just see, because I like to read the comments on what's going on. And all of the ones about this case are private. You have to request to join. One of the first questions I asked was, are you local? I said, no, that has been earlier this week and I have not heard back from either one of them. So I was never even allowed to join the Facebook mm. discussions. Wonder if you would have said you were. I don't know. I did rethink it, but I mean, it's right there in my Facebook and I'm not. So True. I would have had to go change everything. But also I do it all the time. I join um, pages all the time and then sometimes I'll share them with y'all or whatever. But um, I do it all the time. Yeah. And I've never run into where you had to request to join because you want this information out there. You want this person to be found. You want it to be able to be shared. Yeah. And all of the ones I found for her were private and you had to request to be joined. I thought it was odd, but anyway, if I ever get in, I'll probably still investigate around. I'll update y'all if I find out anything of interest, yeah. but I thought it was odd. Um, so anyway, in this small town, everybody has an opinion. Some of them thought it was absolutely ridiculous, the accusation. Some felt like, oh, yeah, definitely he was involved. The women of the town, though, they, they spoke up, a lot of them. And they said, listen, I'm not pulling over for him. If he gets behind me, I'm not going to pull over. I don't feel safe to do that. And I'm not going to. Yeah. And... So then apparently more women started being like, well, I mean, that's fair that, you know, we don't feel safe to get pulled over because what if? Yeah. And so they stood together and um, eventually it was decided he would not be allowed to return. This is a good uh, example of how women could stand together on matters and shut down the world i'm just gonna throw that out there whatever matters just i'm just saying um if we ever do decide to just stand together we could just fix everything going on in the whole world because what are they gonna do when you're like listen i ain't cooking your meals i ain't washing your clothes i ain't even taking care of your kids these are your kids yeah they not my kids they are kids <laughs> Here they are now. And we just say, no, we're all going camping. Then what? They gonna step it up. That's what. Anyway. All a man has to do to get ready is go poop. 
and sit on your phone and then you're stuck getting all the camping supplies together and, and then they're like what's taking you so long i mean get up and help yeah get not only do you have to get ready but you have to get your kids ready you got to get everything packed you need to think about all the things you can plan everything and he's just sitting on the phone and listen billy this is billy though he'll go can you get my clothes i don't mind getting your clothes but here's the thing whatever i put out for him it's not gonna be what he wants yeah so like the last couple times i've just been like i mean i don't mind doing it but it ain't gonna be what you want so yeah this is what i thought but i don't pack nothing i just throw it on the bed and every time he'll go through and get i mean I make sure it's clean. Just pick what you want, throw it in the suitcase. Man, the suitcase is right here. It does not matter. It can be the exact shirt he wore the last time we went. It is not the shirt he wants this time. <laughs> now, I'm guilty of needing, um, like, I need possibilities. Like, because oh, yeah. I may not be feeling jeans today. I might be feeling something else. Yeah. So I need possibilities. So I'm not, like, not guilty of it. But anyway. So, back to this. This man lost everything in his life due to these allegations. So, um, you know, I don't know if they were false or not, but I don't think I personally don't believe them. But was he um, convicted? No, no, charges were dropped. Anyway, back to the other investigation. So they have um, had a witness come forward, and it was one of Connie's old neighbors, and she said or this person said, that they had been told about the abuse going on in the house years before any of this came to light. And that... That they sat idly and watched it happen. and the kids separately had told them about the abuse going on in the house. And they did not report it. I don't know why um, that wasn't covered, but listen. Just as guilty. I feel like if you, if a child especially comes and says this is going on and you do not make a report, you are just as you're wrong. guilty. You're wrong. That's all I can tell you. You go into jail, you should. I don't know. You should go to jail. I don't reckon it's a crime. But anyway, no. I ain't sorry about it neither. Sorry. Call me Judy again because I'm a judging. I'm I feel judging like you me. should go to jail. Anyhow, you're going to rot in hell. That's where you're going to rot. Some of Eugene and Geneva's grown kids came forward and they start talking about abuse they had suffered when they were little and um, some of their other kids. Mm -hmm. And so these stories are super similar to the stories of the the Kerr kids and the Hicks kids. Yeah. So they're super similar too. These are their grown kids that are, have left the family or whatever. So they got, I mean, I don't know what reason they got the wife. The issue came in that Wendell played a key role in a lot of these stories, especially the ones involving the kidnap, rape, and murder of Kelly Wilson. And Wendell has an alibi. Wendell is a truck driver, and he has receipts and bills showing that he was out of state at the time. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, this is not um, where anybody necessarily sees you nothing is is electronic or whatever you know it's go through sign the logbook whatever but did he have somebody fake it maybe 
I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to do. Hey, take my truck or whatever. Yeah. But was it that he was setting up an alibi for just this particular time? Or did any time they had like a, um, like a big ritual coming up, he would set up an alibi or, I mean, did he do it every time? Did he just do it for this one? Why would he be concerned about getting arrested on this one? Was it the first time they had taken somebody, you know, that wasn't in the family? Or but didn't you say there was three graves? There were three indentions in the dirt that were the size of graves. Okay, did we ever figure out what was in no, the indigent? there was nothing in them. What? But something seemed to have had had been in them, and the dogs hit on those spots. Cadaver dogs do not just hit on a bacon strip. Yeah. I mean, that is not... These dogs are highly trained, Yeah. and they hit on a body. If a body had at any point been there, they hit. So, I don't know why that in itself is not enough to arrest somebody, but apparently it's not. Um, I mean, with this situation, it's so messy. There's so many people involved. Who are, who are you going to arrest? And these people come across this real um, kind of backwoods. They had like a whole bunch of trailers out there and like a commune or whatever. Yeah. I hate to use that. Um, I guess compound would, would be a better thing. The family I, trailer park? Yeah, like the family trailer park. I want to make a joke about one of us step on nobody's toes because I can't make the <laughs> joke without explaining what I'm talking about. So I'm just not going to. Arrests were made in January of 1994, and the case became a whole nationwide story because of the whole satanic panic thing. Mm -hmm. So, sadly, Kelly's involvement in this case kind of got lost in the sensationalism. And all of this attention made the Texas Attorney General feel like they needed to step in and take over, yeah. as they do. And shortly after that, the charges were dropped, and the reason was, quote, the investigators' botched handling of this matter made it impossible to proceed with prosecution. Now, I looked to figure out what that meant exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I did dig it, and I could not find any information from a reliable source as to what that meant but they did find some rumors and these are rumors keep that in mind they could be lies i don't know because i ain't go to these people's house and ask them i don't know but these are rumors that i saw on social media several people said that the evidence that they had taken disappeared hmm it was either never logged or it was at some point stolen. It was, um, from what I understand, five cases of evidence. What? And I believe that's why in the court papers it said that they were what was believed to be bone fragments. Because I don't tested. believe they ever got to test it because I believe the evidence went missing before it was able to be tested. And I think that that is 
probably if they really got all this evidence and couldn't prosecute on it something's odd yeah you know what i'm saying so um but like i said that is allegedly those are rumors that i saw on social media i did see several people say it but in a small town people love to talk and it ain't always the truth sure so i'm just throwing it out there that is completely rumors i do not know that There were no answers ever found in Kelly's case, and um, people are still real passionate about it, but nobody's talking. Most, a lot of people on social media believe the Kurds were definitely involved. Uh, yeah. Uh, but nobody knows, and there were never any other charges brought back. So that's where Kelly goes. So they're all free? Yeah. I mean, probably they committed another crime. I mean, I don't want to judge, but I'm just assuming that yeah. it seemed like they was in and out of jail a lot. So probably they went back to jail for something. But I doubt they spent much time. Mm -mm. So anyway. So while I was researching, I ran across this woman just made a random comment where she says, my son went missing x amount of years ago so i know how kelly's family feels and so i just jot down the name because that's how i'll be doing yeah and i'm like i'll come back and look at it well turns out that they are from louisiana they're not from louisiana but her son went missing in louisiana right across the border right so the comment was made about six years ago and I was super deep into the story, so I didn't stop and, you know, yeah. like, log it like I should have. So, I just glanced it, jotted down his name, and went about my life. Cannot find that comment again. Because I was like, I should call, I mean, I should message her and see if she's got information. Because this is another one of them stories where we ain't got no information. But she made, she cared enough to make a post on Facebook to make a comment about it. Yeah. So... She wants to find her son, but there's no information. But this is why I think that we don't have information. Well, first off, his name is Adam Don Dodson, and he was last seen June 1st, 2004. Coincidentally, the same year as Perf got arrested for the child porn yeah. and the other guy died. He has nothing to do with this case, though. He was last seen in Pineville, Louisiana, or possibly Winfield, Louisiana. He was actually living in Florida, but he went to Louisiana for a job. And I think that's why we have so little information about this case is because his family's states away. He goes for a job and then he disappears and nobody knows anything. That is why I believe she didn't have any information. Now, he was 24 at the time. Listen to this description. This is um, six foot and 155 pounds. White male, brown hair, brown eyes. Right. So that description also with the whole going out of town for a job thing put me in the mind frame of somebody. Right. So I'm not going to say nothing more than that. He has tattoos, including a skull on his arm and what they said possibly was the name Seth on one of his arms. Name. He has a gap in his teeth. Now, 
I'm going to show Matlin the photo of this person and get her reaction because when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, he looks a lot like the person that his description reminded me of. It is definitely not this person, but it did remind me of them. And I did not expect it. It, it hit me off the way. Oh, it does. It does look just like Chris. It looks just like him. He, it really but does. But mean. But very mean. What is, is no he arrested or something? I don't know. I couldn't find a, um, like, I couldn't find a background on him. That picture was in the Louisiana, um, there's this, like most of them is like the Georgia missing person site or whatever. Yeah. Theirs is like the Louisiana Depository for Missing People or something strange like that. It's in the show notes, but... It's definitely not the the same person. Just so, I it. have a um, sibling. We'll call him a sibling. And um, he, he's been known to do some wild stuff, like just jump a train and go for a job. And so... And, his description very much fit this sibling's description. And then the picture, when it pulled up, I was like, oh, whoa, hold up. Mm -hmm. That looks a lot like him. It is absolutely not him. He is now, just now, 24. Yeah. And this this child was 24 when he went missing in 2004. Yeah. So, and I don't know, it's wild. I would post a picture of him, but I'm He's not He's not just now 24, Mom. I'm pretty he's sure like he is. 27. He's How my old age. Are you? 27. He's a he's between you and Ansley. No, he's technically older. We used to pick on you him, and, but I was older. You and that other person that I don't talk about because I don't like her. But uh, my bad. He's 27 apparently. Still not him. It's definitely not him. I only know my age because. Wait, am I 26 or 27? I can't remember. Um, I only know my age roundabout now. <laughs> now that I'm second guessing myself because I just had a birthday. <laughs> but I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> Listen, I have an age in my mind. And anytime somebody says, how old are you? That is the age I say. And the other day, <laughs> one of the kids said something. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And then I, I like did the math. And I was like, oh, my God. I am way off of what I, and I tell everybody, like the doctor, they're like, how old are you? <laughs> they probably think I'm crazy because I got the year I was born. That's obviously not That's how old I am. That's why they ask you every time. I've never had the doctor ask how old I am. Except for the it probably thing. is because I'm like, it is the age I say. But now that I'm thinking about it, I legit have said this age for at least three years now. <laughs> and so I'm like... <laughs> oh my god is that true and then i had to break out my calculator i'm like what but i'm sticking with that age because i'm like no hell to the no i <laughs> no we done stopped no we are not doing that mess. anyhow i got a story i got two stories one is about how i was a terrible mother twice in the past two weeks so um last week uh -huh. i pull up to the school and I'm like, I'm early. I'm like up there. I'm like in the first group. I'm sitting there. And um, 
I'm waiting and they're like loading the kids and the principal comes out and you know, he comes out direct traffic or whatever and he comes out and then I see he's approaching my vehicle and I'm like, Oh Lord, cause Zane's not usually in trouble, but you know, kids. And so I'm like, <laughs> so I roll down the window. Are you wearing a mullet shirt or anything embarrassing? No, no. I was actually dressed because I had gone to the store. <laughs> Thank God. Because usually I'm like in my sweats and whatever raggedy shirt I put on. Cause <laughs> no bra. No bra. <laughs> like, I mean, usually I'm raggedy, but I actually look <laughs> decent. Thank God. Because he comes up and um, he's like, hey. He's like, uh, so... We can't find Zane, but, um, I mean, we're going to... Not to panic. He's like, but we're going to find him. But if the line moves forward, can you circle around to this side while we're looking? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean you can't find him? And he's like, we don't know where he is right now. And I'm like, listen, nobody else would be picking him up. I'm it. Or he rode the bus. And um, I'm like okay like what do you mean you can't find him and he says i mean he's just not where he's supposed to be but he's here somewhere i'm sure and i'm like okay <laughs> and so i'm sitting there like running it through my mind like what so he goes to cross and i'm right there at the front and so the cop is up there his school has a cop that directs yeah. traffic that's a full-time cop at his school probably all of them do now if they don't they should and uh He's like, he says something to the principal and the principal um, walks back and he says, hey, he's like the cop. He says his name. He's like, he says that Zane got on the bus. And I'm like, why would he get on the bus? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And he, he yells across to the cop and he's like, are you sure? And the cop's like, yeah, talk to him. He's on the bus. And I'm like, oh. And so he radios and he's like, hey, does anybody got Zane on a bus? And um, and then somebody was like, say the name again. And he does. And then somebody's like, I got him. And he's like, he's on the bus. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what? He has weight lifting. <laughs> and I, I forgot. I'm like, that is totally on me. I apologize. And he's like, listen, that's fine. He said, but I got to tell you. It is not easy to approach a parent's car and say, hey, we lost your kid. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that is completely on me. I'm so sorry. I forgot. Okay. Oh, so that panic in his in his I know. Chest. And he's, he's like, but we're like... going to find him. So I'm like, oh, God, I didn't give this man a heart attack. So anyway, <laughs> yesterday, I'm out here. He does not have weightlifting every day. This is important to know. He has weightlifting two days. He skips some days, has it one day, skips some days, has it two days. So, so it's not set like Mondays not, you have weightlifting. Okay, so it is on set days, but <laughs> not, but there's days in between and there's one time that it's just one day and then there's one time that it's two days. I'm not going to say the days because I don't want nobody to go to the school. Okay, but for kids. instance, is it, it, would be like Monday, Tuesday, weightlifting, and then Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Something like that, yes. So it's every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, hypothetically. Yes, but they had not been leaving the school for weightlifting. But they're renovating the school, so they're bussing them to the old gym gotcha. to do weightlifting there. So they had not been leaving the school. Anyway, so... 
I'm over here the other day. <laughs> And I'm, like, I'm enjoying my life. Like, I ain't in no hurry. I'm, like, up here. Like, I'm about to eat. I'm, like, enjoying my life. And I get this phone call. And, uh, no, I get a text from Zane. And he's like, did you come here? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, the school. I don't see you in the line. And I'm like, you got weightlifting. And he's like, no, I don't. (laughs) And I'm like... Uh, yeah, you do. And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> this is 10 <laughs> minutes after the school lets out, and I am not close. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, oh, my God. So um, I call my friend because I think she is close. But she is not close. Oh, no. And so I'm like, <sighs> and so I tell Billy, I'm like, hey, he's getting ready to go to work. I'm like, hey, I got to go get him. I'm like, yeah, bye. Grab my stuff. I run out the house. I'm like, hey, call the school and tell them I'm on the way. And so I have to haul blood up there. So uh, one week, went to pick him up when he had weightlifting. <laughs> the next week, I didn't pick him up and he didn't have weightlifting. <laughs> and he was the last kid at the school. And he's like, who's coming to get me? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. <laughs> and so I was like, I put a note in my phone. I was like, oh, that is terrible. So I felt like a terrible mother. Oof. And I give the principal a heart attack, I'm sure. So anyway, this other thing happened. We went on a date the other night. Mm-hmm. And we went to this um, this restaurant where you get like, huh, they call it seafood, but really it's catfish. But uh, but they got some seafood yeah. like gator and uh, gator ain't seafood. But I was about to say they got like devil crabs and stuff, shrimp. Yeah. Okay. But I ate the gator. Man, I love gator. It's so good. That's one of the best things in the world. Be eating that stuff like candy. Anyway, so I'm sitting here eating my food, mm-hmm. and I'm a listener of the people around me. I'm super nosy. If you're having a conversation, I'm in it. All right. So our two things. That were of interest. One was this little kid. This goes back to what I say about little kids. You just say stuff. <laughs> now they were behind me. So I did not look at either of them. But uh, the one girl goes. She seemed like she was a little older. She might have been like a teenager. The other one was young. And uh, she's like if you could change one thing. What would you change? Like she's trying to have a conversation with this little brat. This girl goes, this young one, she goes, if I could change anything, I'd change your eyebrows. <laughs> your non-existent eyebrows. Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Savage. In my mind, I'm thinking, listen, I ain't seen this kid, but in my mind, I'm thinking I immediately would have said, I'd change your forehead. Because I think everybody's self-conscious about their forehead. I think it's like you're born with it. I think it would have destroyed that kid. I don't know if the kid had a big forehead or the other one didn't have eyebrows. I don't know. I'm just saying I think it would have destroyed that little brat. Anyway, so I'm over here like, cool, eh? So I want to say something because that's so mean. And then the other girl just like, shut up. Like, she didn't want to have no more conversation after that. And I felt bad. I was like, what a little brat. Sorry if that shouts kid. Anyhow, I'm so sorry about this other thing because this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard somebody say in public. And if it's you. So if it's you, I apologize. Truly. But it did make me laugh. 
it is important to know that this person is a teacher. So Be you know who it is? No, but I heard the whole conversation about their teaching and the stuff at the school. So they're, they're a teacher or a parapro, okay? But they definitely um, are in education. That's important to know. So this person says, no, they're a teacher because this is what they said. So when I got hired, they called me, this them. They called me and they were discussing like my benefits package and everything. And, um, you know, like what kind of insurance I wanted and all of that. And <laughs> hold up. I got to get myself straight. This is this person now. Got to get myself straight. Hold up. Okay. This guy says, this person says, they asked me about my insurance and I bought $100,000 worth of life insurance, not realizing that that's for when you die. <laughs> so when he says it, I immediately, I stop. I'm mid-chew. I got an alligator. I got a piece of alligator in my hand. I'm mid-bite and I stop chewing and I listen and I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm like, don't laugh because we're close. Yeah. <laughs> we're close in this restaurant. I'm like, don't laugh. And so I must have looked like I saw a ghost or something. Billy's like, what? And I'm like, uh -uh, I can't say it. I'm like, no, don't ask. Because the harder I'm trying not to laugh, the funnier it is to me. <laughs> and I have to get a napkin and I'm crying. I'm like crying at this point. My guy. When did you think the payout on this was? Like, you just gonna call the insurance company and be like, hey, y'all, I'm alive. I'm so ready for my $100,000. I need my $100,000, grand. right? Like, when did you believe you were gonna collect on this? <laughs> so you think that there is an insurance out here that we can pay $25 a month. And at some point, when times get hard, we can just call them up and be like, hey, dog, I need my hundred grand. And they're like, cool. And you think everybody don't have this insurance? You think there are people out here? This insurance exists. <laughs> and there are people out here that are just like, no, I'm a raw dog. When the, when the tough times happen, I'm just going to raw dog through it because I can't come off $25 a month. <laughs> Even though two weeks from now I can say, hey, give me my hundred grand. Like, this is what you thought. And then he goes, my mama told me what it was for. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do about that. I guess I'm just going to have a real nice funeral. At this point, Billy starts laughing. <laughs> because that's what he thinks is funny is that this guy's planning this huge hundred thousand dollar funeral hey i i i'm a wedding planner but i planned a hundred thousand dollar funeral i'm like call me up dude <laughs> i'm over here like i i don't even know what to, like like when did you i wanted to be like guy i don't mean to interrupt your conversation but i have to know when did you believe the payout on this was going to be? <laughs> like you were just going to pay it and then call them and be like, hey, it's life insurance and I'm alive. What What was the reaction of the other person? with, with Silence. 
Okay, so Billy heard something I didn't hear. He's also nosy, but he's deaf. So he doesn't usually hear stuff I don't hear. But um, he heard when they came in. I so apologize if this is you. I do not mean to make fun, but it was funny. But just know you give me a good laugh. I chuckled that whole night. I apologize if it's you. You can call me out and, uh, and I'll let you insult me or whatever, but I'm going to tell it anyhow. So he says... When they come in, that this person goes, hey, you're paying, right? I need to know so I know how to order. And so he was like, yeah, that tracks. And so I'm over here like. <laughs> he's, Wait, he guys stressed it. He stressed it, though, like. The other people at the table were not, in fact, going to know what the life insurance, like, they were all supposed to be, for when you die, they were all supposed to be shocked, and there was silence, and then all I could hear was my laughter in my head while I was trying to stifle it, but it wasn't working, <laughs> so, and I was like, this is honestly probably one of the dumbest things i've ever heard somebody say in public like you said it out loud to yeah people. like you I, I may have taken that to my grave and i say stuff like i say stuff that i'm like should i have said that <laughs> i may have taken that to my grave i do not believe i would have just announced it to people at dinner i can't believe everybody was just silent I would pay to see their face. They were all like they were behind me, but on the side. And um, Billy had already pointed out somebody else that had like an interesting hairstyle. He was like, "Look, look, okay, but you can't look because you're in this room that's shaped like a porch. Like I don't yeah. know how y'all's porches are shaped, but here because it's hot, a lot of porches are enclosed, and it's just like a long like a." porch room okay so i'm looking out at the swamp the water yeah and um it ain't swampy but it's water and uh so i gotta like legitimately turn my whole self around in my chair to look and that is not incognito like you're not in a booth where you can like peek over the top that is not like you're in a chair and it's not spinning you got to turn, and it's real tight. The tables are close. You got to be real super obvious when you're turning around to look. And I was like, I ain't doing that again. Because he's like, look, look. First off, he, he whispers like he's in a helicopter. <laughs> I So when he's like, look, look, four tables are look looking. I'm not the only one. So not only am I not being incognito because I got to turn my whole self around, <laughs> he's yelling about it. So then I got to look, but then act like I'm looking at something else. So it ain't obvious who I'm looking at, right? Yeah. And I was like, I ain't doing that mess again. So I ain't even look at him. I wanted to, but I didn't. I wanted to be like, my guy, when was this payout in your mind? When? I have to know. When were you collecting on this? Not if death. When? Man. <sighs> anyway. That's all I got. <laughs> Some good ones today. I know. I was like, was that not? Yeah. Oh, my God. Man. I was like, 
You know what? I'm disappointed in some of our followers that have not <laughs> sent in their kidnapping stories yet. It could be any kind of story, too. Matlin told her attempted kidnapping story. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, even a legit, legit, like... It could have been. They could have been. They could have kidnapped us. But, like, you know, if you had a close encounter, even if you don't think it's that big of a deal... You can still tell us. You can tell us. We can discuss it. We'll discuss it. All right. All right. So, Matlin's going to tell us our social media, and then when she's done with that... We're going to share with someone who likes the heat. Oh. That's who we're sharing with today. Nice. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at unsolved underscore south or and or join our Facebook discussion group and our Facebook page, because we got two of those. Um, Unsolved South Podcast. Sounds good. I'm going to go on and uh, end it with apologies. I apologize to Texas, to Louisiana, to the guy <laughs> I said said dumb stuff in the <laughs> restaurant, and to whoever raised, um, no, to that poor girl that got picked on by a little kid. You remember when you got bullied that time? Yeah, tell that story. <laughs> what the, um, when you got bullied the at the school. Um, that's a good story. Well, I Man, don't remember my- to tell that one. Man, that was like, whew. Anyhow. So, bullied um, by fourth grader. <laughs> I apologize to that girl that got bullied by a little kid because that little kid needed smack. Almost apologized to her mama, but I ain't because you ain't raised that little girl right. Mm-mm. Mean kid. Mean me. Old big forehead having kid. You didn't even see her. I didn't. <laughs> I did not turn around and look. And I was like, but in, instinctually, that's where my mind goes, is to pick on somebody's forehead. Like if somebody says something insulting, you just look at their forehead and be like, like, ooh. Forehead. That's it. I don't know. I've never been self-conscious about my forehead. Now I need to like Haven't think about you? it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't that make you think? <laughs> Yeah. See, <laughs> so you reached up and touched your forehead. Well, I was like, trying to measure it to see how long it is. Like, I don't know. Maybe I should is have. Is it true for? Anyways, we got to go because we yeah. are out of time. We are out of time. Bye. Bye.